Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top ten breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Today I'm talking to a friend of mine who I've met on Facebook, which is really surprising. All of you know that I'm not on Facebook that much. Um, he is a four-time cancer survivor. His name is Tim Mayer, and uh, he's from Canada. A, eh? how are you today, Tim? Oh, not too bad, Mel. Doing good, eh? Are, are you Are you okay, after, even though the Bruins lost yesterday? I mean, the Bruins won yesterday. See, my chemo yeah, brain, sorry. Yeah, it would have been nice <laughs> to have the cup back home, but uh, good for the Bruins. Yeah. So, four-time cancer survivor. Let's start with, well, the beginning. The beginning, well, uh, December 2006, mm-hmm. uh, while visiting a specialist looking for the reason for a lump on my neck, they found a uh, growth on the backside of my left vocal cord, which mm. turned out to be a squamous cell carcinoma. Okay. And uh, I did radiation for that. Uh, and shortly after that, in, in, in February of 07, uh, they discovered I had a, a T-cell-rich, large B-cell, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Thus, the reason for the lump on my neck. Uh, I underwent uh, six months of CHOPR treatments for that. Which is the uh, standard protocol for that? Standard protocol for a non-Hodgkin's, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the common thing is to use the CHOPR, and that's worldwide. Um, and that's chemo, a, that's chemo for people who don't know. Yes. Yeah, chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, had a very short remission, four months, oh. and relapsed. Uh, second time around, uh, uh, they gave me a GDP regimen of chemo, and off the top of my head, I can't even <laughs> recall the names of the drugs for that one. Um, again, another six months. That was followed up in uh, December of '08 with a, uh, an autologous bone marrow transplant. A what bone marrow transplant? Autologous, which is where they use your own stem cells. Oh. And uh, I did that in December of '08. That was I was up in London, Ontario, in the hospital there for uh, about four weeks. Oh. Uh, yeah, that one really takes a lot out of you. And I was good for about a year. And then in uh, December of '09, uh, well, actually it was about October. The doctor felt a lump on my neck and said we better keep an eye on that. And December. Uh, I ended up having surgery, and uh, this time they found a a third cancer, a different cancer. This time it was a a, a Hodgkin's lymphoma. It Mm -hmm. was a nodular lymphocyte predominant. And what what does that mean? Well, that that one, again, is a rare cancer, and it's a a variant of a a Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. Um, Slow-growing, tricky to find sometimes. And uh, I did uh, radiation for that. They did 20 rounds of radiation on the side of my neck because it was a stage one situation. Good for a year again. Uh, Well, almost a year. Uh, I don't think I've made it a year yet in remission. But in uh, December of uh, 09, uh, lump in my neck again. but also, the, they called me with a, on a routine scan, saying that they found 
two nodes in my chest area in the mediastinal region of my chest between the lungs. They found uh, two lumps that had grown in size. So I had a biopsy on those, and once again, the nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin's was back. So that's where I stand right now, uh, four-time survivor and in the battle once again. Mm -hmm. Now, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 48 when I was diagnosed. Okay, so relatively young. Yeah. As we, you know. But uh, so, I mean, how does this affect you? I mean, I know what it's like, you know, talking to survivors like yourself when, you know, everything's fine and, you know, you and I read on Facebook, you know, oh, I've had clear scans, but you've had four cancers in the last, going on five now, since 2006. I mean, how does that affect you mentally and spiritually? Well, physically, we know the chemo and radiation is pretty rough, but uh, how, how are you doing? Well, I mean, my spirits are up. I mean, you got to keep a positive attitude. Uh, I mean, I've just, you know, I've seen too many people the other way, and it'll eat you up if you let it get to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you try, there's this new normal, as we know. (laughs) Yes. And you try to follow the new normal and and, and just be as normal as possible. I think we should call it the new abnormal. The new abnormal would be more like it. Yes. I agree 100%. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, no, you got to stay positive. If you don't stay positive, and, and part of that for me too is, mm-hmm. is sharing my story on Facebook, where you probably see me all the time. But yeah, oh no, I've never been on Facebook. No, no, you know, you're like me. You never been on there <laughs> once or twice a day. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. at the most. But I mean, that's Facebook is the most wonderful thing, really. I mean, it, it's brought so many people together to compare stories, and, and and that helps. That helps you get through it, talking about it, and mm-hmm. you know, because. Who you got around you to talk about it if if you don't have somebody locally with the same thing you have? Exactly. Now, since you have some rare cancers, have you found people on Facebook who have the same? Uh, Absolutely. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yes. In all in in all cases, I found people with the same cancers. I mean, uh, this last one, the nodular lymphocyte predominant, that one was a little harder to find somebody, but <laughs> I did find somebody and. Uh, over in Europe, actually, and and we chat, we discuss, we compare notes, and mm-hmm. so. But that that's how you get through it. You compare notes, you you, you discuss it with other people, you share your story, and you know it, it helps. It helps me get through it anyway. Right. Oh, of course. I mean, I didn't know about Facebook. I know surprisingly when I was going through treatment, and I think my uh, survivorship and everything would have been a whole different story and it would have been a whole lot better I think if I had that instant gratification like you have where you can just post it out there like oh I'm feeling like this and I you know I just had chop arm I am I supposed to feel like absolutely you know I mean and that's such a great thing about social media it's it's instantaneous like I mean if you didn't have social media you would have never known about the person in Europe who has the same thing that you have and actually, there was the very first time I, I I was introduced to Facebook is when I was up in London in the hospital doing my my stem cell transplant, and I came across a guy in uh, Sweden of all places that had just gone through the exact same process I did, and he he kind of shared his story every step of the way as I was going through it and hit the nail on the head. Everything he said, I went through. Really, and and I mean, it was nice to know it was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he was he was right right on. I mean, we lost him uh, just over a year ago, but uh, he was right on the money with it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's got to be difficult if he had the same kind of cancer that you have, and he uh, passed away. 
Well, there's been several. There's, oh. there's been lots. I mean, we have a mutual friend, same thing. And, yes. Uh, I know. It is, it is always hard because uh, I actually have a friend who's like, you know, and he wasn't saying this to be crass, but he was like, you know, with what you do, advocacy and everything, you are going to lose friends. And it's going to be hard. And, you know, sometimes... It is hard. Sometimes really my hard. friends are like, why are you doing it? You know, you just... And and sometimes, probably for you as well, it seems like there's just a cluster of, you know, either bad news or somebody passes away or somebody you know gets cancer. And it's just like, what the hell? Why? What? You know. And, and you're right. It happens in clusters. Mm-hmm. You go for a period of a long time where everybody's doing well. Yes. That you're talking to. Then all of a sudden, it's just like somebody drops a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, they st- it's like, oh, my God, you know. And... Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's hard. It, it's difficult to deal with. And, and when when you get one, especially when you got somebody that's got the same thing as you, and you're comparing notes, and, and you lose that person, yeah, it's very difficult. So now, how does your your wife handle? Did now did you marry her before you? Um... Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> we were actually married in Vegas back in '05, oh. but. Um, yeah, no, it's been difficult for her, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, as you know, we're not the most pleasant people at times with going through this stuff. And, right. You know, she's had to deal with all of that. I've been great. I don't know what you, you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I'm sure my fiancé will say another, yeah. tell you something else. I'd but... like to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, she, she's had difficulties, too. I mean, mm-hmm. she she went through an emotional eating thing and, and you know, a whole another set of issues for her that she's had to deal with and medical mm-hmm. issues and we've gotten through them i mean we had to wait for a period where i was well enough to deal with some of her stuff and uh, a right. surgery that she had and you know and right after that it was back to dealing with me again so kind of kind of a tag team there taking <laughs> turns at it so now i know that we had talked before the show about survivorship um oh. well I know that positivity obviously plays a role in, in yours and mine, but, you know, let's talk a little bit more about that because I know there's there's a lot of people out there who are going through cancer, and then when they get through, as I say, you know, the treatment bubble and everyone's huddled around you and making sure you're okay, and then you're just kind of done with treatment, and then you're kind of back to your normal routine, which hasn't really happened for you, but you know what I'm trying to say. How do you... How do you, how would you cope with that? How would you recommend somebody? I mean, I know it's easier said than done to tell somebody, oh, yeah, you got to maintain a positive mental attitude. But well, how would you suggest to someone? Being a four-time cancer survivor, I mean, I can imagine that you have a lot more insight than than I would on that. Yeah, well, one of the first things I did, and it was through a referral as well. I mean, which mm-hmm. that policy has changed at my cancer center I deal with, but... Uh, Get a, get a counselor. Okay. I, I have mm-hmm. a social worker that I deal with. Uh, actually, right now I'm back to seeing her on a weekly basis. Okay, good. I mean, we were down to once a month, and now I see her again on a weekly basis just to help me deal with what I'm going through again. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing your story with others, finding others, finding local groups that you can be a part of. I mean, they're out there. You just you got to search them out. Your cancer center should have referral information for those. Your right. local hospice. I mean, I deal with the hospice here as well. I belong to a group there. Um, these things are great for, for getting out and chatting and dealing with it. I mean, 
well, you know, your, your spouse doesn't want to hear it all the time over well, and no. over and over. No. You know? Well, it, that's kind of a weird thing. I never thought about talking to hospice because when you think about hospice, you think about, oh, well, that's where... That's end-of-life care. Right. Yeah. Well, not not always. I mean, they're, they're, our, my local hospice has wonderful programs that are open to every, everybody hmm. that's dealing with cancer, and not just cancer, any life-threatening illness. Oh, okay. Um, I belong to the men's club there. Uh, there there's therapy, uh, 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 radiant touch therapy uh, sessions you can go to. Like, like Reiki or Healing Touch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, they, they have uh, things for the, for your family as well. I mean, there's guitar lessons for teens. There's, you know, oh, nice. all, kind, all kinds of programs available here at the hospice. It's not just end of life. They're, they're, they have other programs. Okay, well, that's, that's good to know because I don't know if every hospital is like that as far as, like, if you think yeah. about hospice. I mean, that's what I always think about. And when, yeah. when you well, hear some, some of them are just end of life care. Right. So you should always check with your local hospital or uh, cancer center for that. Absolutely. So, okay, so you you have a lot of great uh, options at your hospital, your cancer center. What else uh, would you suggest? Well, uh, I'm involved as well with the with the Canadian Cancer Society, mm-hmm. uh, with, with the local branch here. As a matter of fact, we're doing our Relay for Life tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, which I'm involved in. Um, lately, this round, uh, for me, I've, I've gotten involved in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, uh, right now at the Caesars uh, Casino here in Windsor. They're doing uh, uh, dancing with the local stars, where local personalities get together with a professional dancer. And there's a couple nice. that are dancing in my name because it's in support of uh, Bone Marrow Association. Oh, sweet. and I did I did a speech there. Um, trying to think of some, the motorcycle ride for dad which is actually for prostate cancer but i got involved in that mm-hmm. uh, brenda, brenda and i both were involved in that that was just a couple weeks ago so you know there's all kinds of uh events really right and i've kind of got well mostly cancer related events and right um that's not only is it a distraction for me but it, it, it's also giving back right and it's very rewarding I, I feel the same way as as you know i'm involved in a lot of uh, cancer events and it's just amazing just to be able to share your story and even if one person or actually it doesn't matter if somebody says oh you've helped me you know that you're helping somebody just by sharing your story because they're unfortunately eventually will be somebody who's going to go through the same battle that you're going through absolutely you know and and i recall when i went to uh making strides event because our local radio station was sponsoring it and where i work and they have the survivor tent making strides is for breast cancer and i went up there and i was like oh yeah i just had my surgery like 11 days ago and they're like oh you're a survivor come get your i don't know pin or t-shirt or whatever and i wasn't ready for any of that i wasn't ready for all the pink and all the purple and yada 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 so you know everyone survivors also have to realize that everyone has their own time frame I mean it took me six months to start talking about my sharing my story and now look I won't shut up about it so well it was almost (laughs) two years before I started getting involved in anything right you know, I mean, I did get a, I did, like I said, I did get a, a social worker right away at the cancer center, and that's, mm-hmm. that's something they do now with orientation. That's that's the first thing you do is see a social worker, which mm-hmm. is a great change they've made. Right. But uh, it all helps. And uh, and writing down your story, like like you blog. When did you start blogging? 
I started blogging probably about a year ago. Okay. A year and a half ago. And it, it just got to the point somewhere for me to rant. Right. <laughs> you know, rant about my treatment, rant about the doctors, rant about everybody, everything. And, you know, it turned into more than that. And just, you know, I just turned it into my everyday life. I'm dealing with it and how I deal with it. You find it to be cathartic? Well, it's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I like writing it. I, I enjoy it. I, I didn't think it was something I would like, but it, it's it's turned into that. And, and, and do you find a lot of people, like when I started writing, I just thought, okay, well, I'll put it on a blog and just put it out there because, I don't know about you, I, I like writing on a computer more than I like writing by hand. Plus, my Absolutely. handwriting is atrocious. I should have been a doctor or a <laughs> pharmacist or something, but... Um, I would have never thought how many people have read my blog in the last three, four years. Because I just, oh, I'll just put it, I'll just put it out there, and I'm just, I just wanted to vent, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just put it in this format just so I could have it, so I could look at it later. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you, you know, and then I go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's amazing the number of people, like you said, the number of people. I mean, you look at your list of followers; it, mm-hmm. you, you might have a dozen followers or 60 followers but when you look at your stats if you got site meter on there and you look at your stats it's yes. in the thousands I know it's crazy and there and people from all over the world and then when you get that email from somebody who says oh I know exactly what you're going through and and I think that's another hard thing when you're by yourself like I live in a small town and and I don't know how many cancer survivors are around you like Usually when I get bummed out, it's at night when there's no one else around. And I don't, you know, I don't want to call people. I don't want to, I mean, my friends are there for me, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to call people and be, and people will be like, oh, there's cancer girl again. She's upset about whatever. But <laughs> meeting a lot of survivors either online or in person, I noticed that it doesn't matter what kind of cancer you have. We all pretty much have the same issues as far as survivorship or depression or just like obviously thinking, well, this sucks, you know. Well, like you, you were just on that OMG summit not just mm-hmm. not that long ago in New York. I mean, how many people did you meet there that that you were able to compare stories with, and then how many new friends and new new exactly new, new contacts did you make there? And it, and it's I think it's so rewarding, obviously, to meet somebody that's going through the same thing you are. And I was talking to a friend about this. It's like I know Tim when you go out and you're trying to explain how you feel and you're feeling fatigued and then somebody will say well you know i went through this when i was younger but it's not like what you're going through it's like you just want to get say you don't have to qualify i'm glad that you didn't go through cancer you know i'm happy that you're trying to understand but it's you know i'm sure you've had people like that correct oh absolutely but it's just nice to be in a room full of people or even like you and i talking you know, there's kind of like a unspoken bond well, between it's a common language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a common language. You start yes. talking about treatments and treatment types and types of cancer. Uh, the common layperson looks at you like you're nuts. Yeah, but I when actually. You're, but when you're in a room full of people, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think. I think if I actually was at a uh, restaurant the other day, and I saw somebody who was obviously going through chemo because she was. You know, obviously, she'd lost her hair. She had a scarf. And I just I just wanted to flash her my port scar and be like, 
<laughs> it's all good, sister. You know? Yeah. Because, I, yep. I mean, it was just like, I don't want to stare at you because everyone is probably staring at you because they know that you're bald and you have cancer. But at the same respect, I wanted to be like, it's, you know, it's cool. There's yeah, there's people cool. out there, you know. Well, mm-hmm. cancer's not cool, but, you know. The port scar. I like that one. That's a, that's a, that's a common well, one. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. You just go, huh? yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Then, then there's the people that name their ports. I mean, I think it's great. Oh, I didn't name my port. And, you know, um, I wish I had saved it because, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Some some places will give them to you. Some won't. Uh, my my doctor asked if I wanted to, and I was just like, I don't like surgery. Obviously, I mean, I don't know of anyone who likes surgery, but, you know, I was just like, please just get it out of here. I don't want to see it. That was like the port for me was one of the most painful annoying parts of you know it was just another constant reminder that i that i had cancer i had two of them at the same time oh my lord yeah when i went through my bone marrow transplant they had to put a second one in on the right side uh just to do that and that one was basically two tubes hanging out of your chest it was like a pick line but in your chest but yeah um i saved my masks my radiation masks because having having Mm -hmm. cancer in the neck right they mask you up so that they can strap you to the table so you don't move. And, oh my God, that! Uh, yeah. I kept both my masks and I still have them. I, when we moved recently, I said I maybe we should have a burning party and get rid of them. And when you said not keep them, you yeah, you got to, you got to, yeah, you could probably paint them. And well, one's green, one's white. That's just the color they were. I like the green one. Oh, there you go. Well, you know what's funny is I have a friend who's a, a brain cancer survivor and. Uh, she works at the local Pilates studio where I work out at, and she had shown the owner her mask, and it was just kind of like sitting, uh, I don't know, on the floor or something. And radiation for me was very scary just because you're in the loud room by yourself. Yeah. You know, for me, they said, well, don't breathe in too much because, you know, the radiation could get into your lungs. And then, it can, you know, and of course, you're just like, oh, my God, am I, you know, you're laying there like, am I breathing too much? Am I breathing yeah. too little? You know, you're thinking, please help me. And the whole radiation process, of course, takes like three minutes, not even the length of an entire song on my iPod. And it as longer, this, It takes longer to set up than the actual radiation. Exactly. So this mask is sitting there on the floor. And my friend's looking at me, and I'm almost starting to have a panic attack. Like, I'm kind of looking at it like, you know, like it's all of a sudden going to grow really large like a monster. And she's like, would you like me to move that into the other room where you can't see it? And I'm like, oh, yes, please. I mean, I had no idea that, you know, being three years out, that kind of thing could take me right back to yeah, you know, that scary moment. You see things. It's, there are, there's lots of triggers out there. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to see your mask, Tim, whenever we meet. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Pictures are, are a lot better, but when people started, well, they had to strap me in, and my yeah. head, my head couldn't move. That's when like my chest starts to close, and I'm like, <sighs> you know. Well, it's funny we talk about that. I was at, when I was at the cancer center a uh, day before yesterday for uh, for uh, an updated scan. I ran into my radiation oncologist, and I happened to show him. Uh, a lump on my on my neck, just on my jawbone, under my chin. I said, "This thing's tripled in size in like three weeks." And he felt it. He says, "You know, we can only zap that with some radiation, and shrink it down." The first thing that come to mind was, "Oh, here we go with the mask and mm-hmm. strapped to the table again." And 
the feeling of what if something goes wrong? How the hell do I get out of here? Yeah, exactly. No. I, I said that to the nurse once. How do I get out of here? I'm strapped down. You're gone, and I'm laying <laughs> here. I can't get out. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, and then you start freaking out. I'm like, well, what if they're not watching on the monitors? Like, they're out having, like, a cup of coffee or something, and you're just sitting there going, oh, my God. And what if you're the person after the machine breaks down? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, I've always thought about that. They'd say, oh, the machine's down. There was a problem with it. And you're next in line thinking, I don't want to be the guinea pig to see if it's fixed. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you test it out, Doc, yep. and let me know? Yep. That's funny. Like that. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that afterwards that you got to joke about. Right, exactly. If you don't, you go nuts. It's, it's true, and, and I think that... Uh, a lot of survivors don't realize that, you know, it's that just these little triggers like we're talking about, like port, talking about the port scars or, you know, I didn't have neck or head cancer. But seeing that my friend's mask, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, and then <laughs> you know? it's going through your head. How are you strapped down? And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, all the markings on it. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can be scary. It is. And, and, you know, that's one of the fun things about survivorship. And I think a lot of uh, cancer survivors do have uh, deal with post-traumatic stress or uh, like I do, depression or or any one of those moments and you're allowed. Oh, of course. And, and, you know, that's that's another hard thing. Uh, That's a hard thing for me. It's like, okay, well, I try to maintain a positive mental attitude. But on the same respect, I won't give myself a break when it's like, okay, well, I, you know, I should always be well. Not everyone's happy all the time, but I should always project this image of being happy. But, you know, some days there are days when I'm really pissed off that I had cancer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's days when, I mean, I've had some major meltdowns, too, Mm -hmm. emotionally and physically and just wanted to quit. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, you just, but you can't let yourself hang on to that. Right. You have that moment, you go through it, you move on. Right. And you have to realize that it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. You know, you know, my wife got my social worker on the phone that day. She said, listen, you need to talk to him. He's, you know, and, you know, you talk to somebody, you move on. Mm -hmm. You get out of that frame. And, but I mean, it's it's all part of it. Right. And if you feel that you can't move on, then obviously you need to seek help or medication or medical attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some kind of attention. You you have to have it. Yes. And like I say, it doesn't hurt to have a social worker that's there. You don't have to go like I do on a weekly basis, but Mm -hmm. somebody that's there when you need them. Now, do you call them at home? Absolutely. If necessary? Oh, very nice. Well, I don't call their homes, but I I, I call, I leave a message and and there's a service. Yeah. I can call and, and they'll get back to you. So. Awesome. You're there. Yeah, I mean, you have to allow yourself a break. Yes. You know, because I think even not just as survivors, as people, we're always hardest on ourselves. And well, and I, I just went on a getaway myself for for a week just to get away, and mm-hmm. and I had to because I got a feeling that I'm going to be back in treatment again soon. Like mm-hmm. right now, I'm on watch and wait, but with this mm-hmm. development of this thing on my jaw, on the bottom of my chin next to my jaw, uh, tripling in size in three weeks, I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on with the stuff in my chest and abdomen? So, because we know that's there too as well. So right. Maybe you I, should I, make a little smiley face on there next time you yeah. go into the doctor and be like, um, and like, don't even tell the doctor like you did it and then just have him look at it and be like, what? 
That would be funny. See, that's the kind of thing I would do to, to my doctor, and they'd be like, oh. draw some hair on the side. Draw, yeah, get get a, like a special effects makeup artist yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the kind of thing that I would do to my doctor, and they would just yeah. be like, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with you? Well, my, my radiation oncologist, uh, he just happens to be the chief of oncology at the cancer center as well. and. Oh. We, we like the same music in common, and, and, and we, we kind of share that. We meet up at concerts sometimes. We Sweet. run into each other, and, you know, it's pretty cool to have that relationship with your doctor as well. It is. I have the same kind of relationship with some of my doctors, and I think that is also important, you know. I think it's important to like your doctor. It's also good to have a good doctor, but that's, that's just me. Um, yeah. So your blog, tell me how people can uh, check it out. Well, it's uh, the address for the blog. It's on Blogspot, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the actual uh, physical address for it is www.mycancerjourneys, with an S, mm-hmm. .blogspot.com. And like I said, I think you're on Facebook. Facebook, can... I have a group on there, the <laughs> Lymphomaniacs, uh, which is actually growing bigger than I, than I thought. I just looked at it recently and looked at the number of members, and I'm like, wow. But, uh, yeah, the Lymphomaniacs on Facebook, uh, that one as well. Excellent. And people can friend you if, if they want? Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, Tim Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. Yes. So, yeah, I'm there. I, I you know, I'll, I'll share my story with anybody that wants to hear it. And, mm-hmm. You know, one, one thing I don't do and I'll never do is give medical advice. Oh, yeah, uh, no. Uh, you know, that's that's the wrong thing to do. And there's a lot of people out there that try doing it. But I will give somebody my opinion, but I tell people I'm on the radio and I press buttons and I move like knobs all day. Yep. So if you want me as your medical to give you medical advice, then obviously maybe <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yes. Always check with your doctor. Absolutely. Number yeah. one and most important. Always. Because I went to school for television production, so yeah, not yeah. not good for the old, and I would probably pass out at the side of a needle if I stared at it too long. So medical <laughs> advice from Mel, no, not at all. You'll pass out at the side of a needle after all you've been through, my goodness. See, Mel. you know what, but here's the thing. People say, oh, you should just be used to that. I'm like, really? I should be used to, like, people poking me every week for a year? No. I don't think anyone should ever be used to that. Quite Five honestly. years of it. When I go for my blood work now, yeah, I don't know. When, when I go into the lab, I have I inform them when I go in. I give my heads up, either that or I'm going to have 50 holes in my arm. <laughs> and, and I'll just tell them, listen, uh, my veins are tough to find, mm-hmm. number one. How come they don't use the port? I don't have the port anymore. I had It, it was taken out. Oh, okay. So uh, after my last one, uh, I had it for uh, probably close to a year after, and then they decided to... I, I, I just think it was uncomfortable. It was, yeah. I think one of the sides had broken loose on it, and Ooh. it had shifted a bit, so I had yeah. it taken out. But I'll probably get another one soon. Huh, now, but, that's uh, not the positive attitude that yeah, we were well, talking about. Hey, it is what it is. Have you heard uh, that before? Yes, so, but, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donald Wilhelm. Yeah. But, uh, no, he... Yeah, like, Different, uh, it's different things for different folks, you know. It's, right. It, it's all a different world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All part of a new normal. And like you said, it should be called the new normal. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, pass that along to somebody because he doesn't like the, the word new normal. So I'm going to shoot him an email. But uh, awesome, Tim. I want you to keep us updated on my Facebook page as well as uh, the Cancer Warrior on PowerRadio.com Facebook page. And uh, let all of our listeners know. And anytime you have a 
And I tell this to, you know, anyone who's out there who's listening who has a blog or has like a group or something that they want to post on my page, go right ahead. Not to sell anything, but just share your story. Or if, well, if there's a organization that helps cancer survivors, yes. But if you're just there to sell your tchotchkes, no. No. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'll do that, too, is, is, is I'll update on your page as well. I'll yes. throw all my pages on excellent. there so people got links to them. Excellent, yes. And there will be a link on Empower Radio for, uh, for your website as well. Perfect. Awesome. Tim, we'll hang on. I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is Mel. I am the Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook, like I said, because I am a Facebook junkie, Mel Majoros. Find me on Twitter at Mel Majoros. Check out my Facebook fan page, The Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com and my website, TheCancerWarrior.net. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's The Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com.